Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. don't know where everybody's gone. Um, they, they're still out celebrating the holidays from last night, I guess, but I'm glad that you're here uh, today, and hopefully we'll fill in here uh, in the next few moments, but we're glad that you're here at uh, service today. My name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor here, and we are excited for our worship experience today. Are you excited? All right, we're going to have to do a little better than that, all right? If you're not excited yet, you are going to be, because God is doing great and mighty things. I do want to thank all of you who have been praying for me. Um, got quite sick earlier in the week. I'm still recovering. I get out of breath a little bit, so at the end of the announcements, if I'm falling asleep on the front row, it's okay. Um, you know, just make sure I'm still alive, and that would be very, very, I'd be very grateful for that. We've got a great missionary guest with us today. Uh, Natamra Doak is here with her husband, and so she is going to bring the word. I heard there was a disclaimer. This missionary may, be, uh, may catch fire and may catch your church on fire. So we're excited to have her here this morning. Are you excited to have them? Yes. Yes. That's a little better, church, a little bit better this morning. Uh, if you are a guest with us, we'd love for you to stop out at our table in the foyer because we want to be able to connect with you and give you a couple of free gifts to help you on your journey with Jesus. Uh, you'll have one of our leaders out there at the table. Make sure to stop by. Let them know you're a guest. They'd love to bless you today. We'll give at the end of service. We have a giving box in our foyer, and you can give then. Uh, and we'll make sure to remind you of that at the end of the service today. Just a few announcements that we want to cover. I want to say thanks to everybody who picked up the slack while I've been down. Uh, I, our team that uh, helped out with the parade in the living windows downtown, I heard it was amazing. I've seen pictures. Uh, Lisa Granada, so much. Uh, I'm really thing. Next Sunday will be our children's program at 10 a.m. So I do want to remind you, uh, if you are a parent of a student that is going to be involved in the Christmas play, if you would go down at the end of the worship experience, kind of, kind of beeline down there to pick up your kids because Miss Jackie wants to talk to you uh, as a parent just to make sure that we understand everything that's going on and the practice schedule. Uh, for that is Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. There'll be practice for whoever can make it, and then practice uh, next um, or practice next Saturday, uh, which would be the 10th, and that's from 10 to noon. You'll be practicing here in the sanctuary. And then uh, Sunday morning, next Sunday morning from 8 to 9 uh, will be the musicians, and then they'll do a, a one last run-through from 9 to 10. And so uh, all that information is available to you. Ms. Jackie will remind you again as well, and we'll send that information out by email and on our social media platforms as well. Uh, if you missed out on being able to be a blessing downtown this weekend, we do want to remind you there's another opportunity to bless our community this Christmas season. Uh, we're looking for bell ringers at Webster's. 
Uh, and that's on December 15th. We've got slots from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. There is a sign-up sheet in the foyer, so make sure if you want to do that uh, to sign up today so we've got an idea uh, to let people know uh, where we'll be and when we'll be there. But we're looking forward to bell ringing uh, right here around the corner on December 15th. Uh, and finally, we're also going to, we are going to attempt to do Christmas, Christmas caroling for our assisted living facilities on Sunday, December 18th. I did get word this morning, though, uh, some of those facilities have, have gone into lockdown because of sickness. Uh, and so that's a, an asterisk right now, a question mark. Uh, we'll make final decisions as we move closer to that date. But we are looking still at doing that Sunday, December 18th for those who would be interested in doing some Christmas caroling. Well, I think we're ready to worship this morning. Are you guys ready to worship? We are going to do this. We're going to dismiss our kids early. Jeb's not here today. He is busy running around uh, doing something, uh, so he's not dismissing kids. But I'm going to dismiss kids today to go with Miss Jackie right now, which is not normal, but because you guys have so much work to do with the Christmas program, we're going to let you guys go now. So can we give a hand clap to all of our amazing kiddos at our church? They are phenomenal. Well, we're going to get ready to worship. Can we stand to our feet this morning? God's worthy to be praised. Um, I was thinking, even while I was having difficulties this week, you know, you're laying there and you're having trouble breathing and uh, going through the, the chills and the fever and all the stuff that goes with that. God was still so good. God's still good in the midst of hard times. And if you're going through a hard time today, you're in the right place. Because there is a God who absolutely loves you. And Jesus wants to connect with you in such a real way today. So let's pray, and then Robbie's going to lead us in worship this morning. Lord, we thank you to be in your house today. And Lord, we may not have it all together. There might be a lot of things in our life this holiday season. We just feel like we're doing our best to just kind of keep it moving forward. But Lord, you've got us in the palm of your hand. Lord, you're doing great and mighty things. And Lord, we thank you that you came today to meet with us. Lord, we are exceptionally grateful. And Lord, you are moving in phenomenal ways in our church, in our community, across our state. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunities you give us to serve, to love on people, to connect and do life with each other. Lord, you are amazing. And Lord, you have met us in this place in a very special way the last several weeks. Lord, I believe you're going to do it again today. I believe you're going to continue to work on our hearts and our spirits and do surgery in our life, removing some stuff that we didn't even know was there and helping us to grow closer to you and closer with each other. Lord, we just give you praise, glory, and honor in God's house. Church, can you just begin to just thank Jesus for who he is in your life? Lord, we just want to spend time in your presence. Jesus and the God's glory and honor. I'm actually going to have you sit down just for a couple minutes because I want to read a scripture verse. And I'm going to have you stand in a minute. But this is one of my favorite times of year because we get to sing Christmas songs. Anybody love Christmas carols? I love them. Um, and one of my favorite ones is Joy to the World. And I wanted to know if you knew, do you know the story behind Joy to the World? If you don't, I'm going to share really quick. So there's always a good story behind the song. So let me read this. But I want to read a scripture verse before I do that. Psalm 98.4 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. The story comes from stories from the book called Stories Behind the Best Love 
Songs of Christmas by Ace Collins. It was while studying Psalm 98, the psalm that I just read, that Isaac Watts was inspired to write his most famous song. In verse 4, Watts studied the phrase, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Focusing on this verse and verse 5 that followed it, Watts penned a four-stanza poem called Joy to the World. Set in a common meter, the poem was usually sung to the tune, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. You can try that later on today if you want. I tried it. It didn't work very well. (laughs) Yet because Isaac had dared to rewrite the Psalms, few British Christians of the time embraced the song. He died in 1748. Fast forward 44 years later, Lowell Mason was born in Orange, New Jersey. As a teen, he directed the church choir. Even though many thought him to be musically gifted, Mason didn't see himself making a living at it. In 1812, he began a career as a banker in Savannah, Georgia, but music hadn't left his soul. He wrote original melodies and became a student of Handel. In 1836, Mason, whose love for classical composers of Germany had not waned, composed a new melody inspired by two of Handel's Messiah songs called Lift Up Your Head and Comfort Ye. Yet when Mason finished his work, he had something brand new, an exuberant ode he called Antioch, after the Syrian city that was the point of departure for Paul's two missionary journeys. Antioch seemed to beg for words, but it would take the writer a while to find the message to go with his melody. Three years later, in a songbook, he came across um, the lyrics from Isaac Watts in Modern Psalmist. Mason finally linked one of Watts' psalm-inspired lyrics to his tune, and the time for people were ready to hear joy to the world. It remains a mystery how this hymn became known as a Christmas carol, inspired by Old Testament scripture with no words alluding to the birth of Jesus other than the Lord has come. Joy to the world would seem to be a song sung for all seasons, as much in July as it is in December. Nevertheless, for some reason, Americans embraced joy to the world as a holiday standard. Perhaps because of its jubilant spirit, it just felt like a Christmas song. Joy to the world is one of today's most loved Christmas carols. Yet because it does not use as inspiration anything from the four Gospels in the New Testament, it also stands as a unique non-Christmas Christmas standard. Perhaps that is fitting, since both Isaac Watts and Lowell Mason strove to push the envelope in order to get people to see scripture and music in a new way. Watts and Mason's knew, and we should remember, that Christians should exude joy each and every day because the Lord is come. Do you have that joy this morning? That's the reason that I read that, is because God is the one that gives us that joy. It may not have any reference to do with the New Testament. Great joy to the world, and let's worship him as we do.
thank you for the joy that you give us. Lord, we give our lives as an offering to you this morning. Over the skies of Bethlehem appeared a star, while angels sung to lowly shepherds. Three wise men singing truth traveled from afar, hoping to find the child from heaven. Falling on their knees, they bowed before the humble Prince of Peace. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. the second verse the sun cannot compare to the glory of your love there is no shadow in your presence no mortal man would dare to stand before your throne before the holy one of heaven it's It's only through your mercy, Lord, I come. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one I I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praise that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Oh, Lord, I bring an offering to you. I bring an offering to you. I bring an offering to Can you just worship the Lord in your own way? Bring him your offering of praise and worship this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Could I express all my 
we worship you. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Because all that I have is a hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah In our culture and in a lot of different cultures, so much of our value and our perspective of worth comes from what we do. And it's probably true for a lot of our churches as well, that we mix up our value in what we do for the King. It's Mission Sunday. We've got a missionary who's going to come in just a few moments and bring the word, and I'm excited about that. As pastors, so much of, of our DNA is tied up in what we do. But a kingdom principle is very different from that. Because the word teaches us our value is not in what we do, but in who we are. And it's because of who we are that we serve the way we do. And I think sometimes we get that really mixed up. And, and I think really for men this morning, I just want to take a moment to speak to you because when we don't have something to do, we, we humming are. You know, several times God's put me on the bench. <laughs> And, uh, and I struggle so much when I'm, when I'm on the bench. I struggled so much this weekend because I wanted so much to be downtown for the parade, so much to, to be downtown for the windows. I wanted to be with my church. But as I was sitting there one evening, God just began to speak to me and, and, and just began to say, but I've called you in this season to raise up leaders. I'm putting you on the bench so that you can see what I'm doing in your people. And I never worried about the entire thing. I just knew it was going to be great. We'd do awesome. Can I tell you, we're not as important as we think we are. <laughs> it's your workplace or your ministry or whatever it might be. It will go on but you're irreplaceable to Jesus. He loves you today.
So before we transition, I'd like to pray for you one more time this morning about your value and your self-worth. It's not about what you do for the kingdom. It's about who you are. You are a son or a daughter of God. And if you're not, you're going to have an opportunity today before you leave here to have a relationship with Jesus. Lord, we need a value shift. Maybe a large portion of why our country is in such a mess is because we take our value from the wrong things. We're striving to find our value in what we do or what cause we stand for when really it's about who we are. And we don't know who we are until we have a relationship with Jesus. Because when you are lost and you become saved, it changes everything. And I thank you today that there are so many in this place who have found their place in the kingdom. We were lost, but we were called into the family of God. The Holy Spirit drew us. We heard the gospel message and we responded. Lord, we still struggle with finding our value. We look for it in all sorts of different ways and what we can accomplish and what we, the legacy that we leave. But Lord, our real value comes from knowing who we are. We're sinners saved by grace. We're sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. And that should affect the way that we serve and what we do. Well, it's a hard transition, but Lord, I believe that you can help us do that. Lord, I'm excited for what you're about to do in this place and the word to be preached effectively this morning. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen. You can be seated this morning. I'm often fond of saying that uh, Jesus makes us look so much better than we really are, like, like we know what we're doing all the time. Uh, it is Mission Sunday, and I normally give a report. And I, I have some news about Nick, who's in Japan, one of our own people serving uh, in Japan. He's there. Uh, I can tell you that this morning. He's doing well. And I'll have a more thorough update that we'll share in the weeks ahead, because I don't want to take away from our missionary that's here today. Um, I'm so excited. And uh, when we originally set up this service, I thought to myself, well, you don't book missionaries on Mission Sunday, because you want to... You you want to promote, you know, the missionaries and our support and all those kind of things. I could not get off the fact that this was the Sunday that the Tamara was supposed to be here and not realize I've ran a marathon just people and to share with us. So would you welcome to the platform this morning, the Tamara. All right. Good morning. Am I on? Yes. All right. All right. My name is Natamra. Um, on the screen is a picture of my family, my husband, Ed, and our two boys, Riley and Elijah. Uh, they did not come with us. They're excited to be at their home church this Sunday. Uh, we haven't been there in a few months, so um, that's a really good thing for them to be able to be connected to their home church. Um, our oldest son, Riley, was diagnosed with autism, and so we felt the impact of disability firsthand in our family. Um, and one of the things that we struggled with was fitting into the mold of the church body. 
And so God used that to turn our hearts to wanting to help other families know that they are welcome, loved, and accepted in his kingdom, that they have value in his kingdom through Christ. Um, and so I am a U.S. missionary with the Assemblies of God, um, serving individuals who are blind and visually impaired, and I'm here in the Wisconsin district partnered with Special Touch Ministry. Um, and so at our home church, we're originally from the Detroit, Michigan area, and um, we transitioned from being pulled out of church every Sunday uh, to how can, how can you help us learn how to care and serve your son? And I'm so thankful for the person that directed that shift, uh, listening to the Holy Spirit. And so I started serving in the kids' room, and soon after that, found myself in a position where we were helping to coordinate a ministry for um, kids with disabilities in our home church. So in that role, um, I was uh, doing a lot of different things, and uh, one of the girls that came into the ministry um, had autism, and she was nonverbal. And she had been coming for a few weeks, and her mom actually didn't, my, my friend met her mom in a dentist's office. Okay, she goes, what is the T? Why are you wearing a T on your neck? And so she told her about Jesus and said, why don't you come to church? And she said, I can't come to church. My daughter has a disability, and I don't, I, we can't fit in that mold. And I'm so thankful that God uses our hurts and our hang-ups to make a difference. Um, and so they came to church, and she, um, her daughter uh, was in the disability ministry in the kids' room with me and um, participated in as much as she could. And um, a few weeks went by and a few more, and I hear her humming something, and I'm like, what is that? Like, she normally doesn't make any noise. What is that? And we figured out after worship she was humming the worship music. And so I got to tell her mom, and her mom said, is that what that is? We've been trying to figure it out for weeks. (laughs) I'm like, praise God. Uh, And so a speaker came to our church, and um, it was for a women's conference, and she was not there to talk about missions, but she mentioned special touch ministry. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. They do getaways for people with disabilities to experience God, to get out of the hustle and bustle of everyday life and and go to a camp. And as a child, I was saved um, at going to a church camp. And so I was like, wow, that's really interesting. I love this. Maybe I can go in and serve. Maybe I can learn something um, and bring it back. Maybe we can take some of our friends with disabilities to the getaway. So I go home, and I'm, I'm looking this up online, and I tell um, my husband what I'm doing, and he's sitting across the kitchen table from me. And I go to the website, and there's this tab that says blind. I could not, not push this button. Okay, I had to push this button. So I push this button through a website, but he can call you any way he wants. Um, so I start crying, and my husband's on the other side of the table. He's like, what are you doing? Um, and I'm like, come here, you have to read this. And so he came over, um, and, and he read it, and he's like, you know you have, to, you have to apply for that. You have to go for this. And I'm like, if I do, it will change everything. And let me tell you, I'm so glad that God changes everything. And so if you want to go to the next slide, we are originally from um, the Detroit, Michigan area. Um, and so I sent in my contact information 
two special touch. They're located here in Wisconsin. And um, their main missionary, um, Debbie, calls me and she goes, well, could you come to Ohio in about four weeks? We have a church training. I said, yes. And then I went to my husband and I said, told him I'd be in Ohio in four weeks. I don't know how we're going to get there. And he goes, you don't have to worry about it. God will provide. And sure enough, the week that we needed to go, there was money for us to make it to Ohio. Uh, I went to the church training, and he took the kids to a science center, and Debbie asked me at this church training, she goes, we have our first getaway in Florida in about five weeks. Will you come? And I said yes. <laughs> and then I went to my husband, and I said, I told him I'd be in Florida, <laughs> and I don't know how I'm going to get there. And he said the same thing. God will provide. You don't need to worry about it. Um, and sure enough, I've never uh, been handed one, uh, five $100 gift cards before, but God provided the, what I needed to be able to purchase the plane ticket and get to Florida. Uh, so in Florida, I went to a special touch getaway, and we're from Michigan. You guys are from Wisconsin. We're, we're kind of used to the cold a little bit, right? Maybe not quite yet, but we're <laughs> used to the cold. And so we're in Florida. It's 96 degrees. That's a little warm for me. And then we're down there for the day, for the, for this, uh, for the camp, and there we're pontoon boat riding, uh, rock climbing, playing wheelchair soccer outside all day long. Um, and I have complaining spirit of it's just so hot. This is awful. I'm sweating to death. Oh, my goodness. How are we doing this? When do we get to go inside? All of those things. And um, one, of, one of the uh, men that I met there, he was in a wheelchair, and he had control about, of his like, neck up. Okay, that's what he had control of in his body. Um, and then in the evening, they do an altar call. Now, he's outside doing everything that everybody else is doing, riding the pont pontoon boats. He did the rock climbing. We have a way to make that accessible. Um, we played wheelchair soccer, did all of those things. And... Um, the end of the, uh, the service, they do an altar call. He turns his head, pushes the button on his wheelchair, his control arm comes up, and he has it on high speed, and he's the first person at the front of the church praising God with everything he had. Man, was I convicted on how far I had missed the mark of praising God and giving thanks for everything that I have. See, God can use our friends with disabilities. Another girl at that camp, a few weeks, a few days into the camp, uh, she had a cognitive disability. And um, she had decided that she wanted to get baptized. And so the pastor uh, that was at the camp had made sure that she understood what that meant, um, talked with her parents, made sure that they understood, and everybody was on board for her to get baptized. Well, that day, we were pampering the ladies. So we did hair, nails, makeup, we're taking fun pictures, and the pastor told her, the baptism is going to be after this. It's after the pampering day. Do you still want to get baptized? And she said, following Jesus is more important than looking beautiful. What is Jesus more important than in your life? So I knew that I knew that I knew that this is so and he goes, he and my husband, you have to worry about it. And I said, I don't know how we're going to move to Wisconsin. <laughs> he goes, you don't have to worry about it. God will provide. And sure enough, he did. 
Um, and we moved to Wapaka, Wisconsin in the middle of nowhere. I seem to think it's at least that way a little bit. <laughs> at the end of uh, 2019. And um, in that move, I like to have all my I's dotted and my T's crossed. If you haven't gotten that yet, right? Uh, which is why I worried about everything instead of depending on God. And like the Israelites, he has to show me over and over and over again. So um, we went to go see an apartment in, in Wapaka, and the landlord doesn't show up. I'm like, we drove nine hours, and the landlord doesn't show up. And I'm like, okay, God, we have to be here in two weeks. Like, my husband quit his job. He has told the landlord that we're moving. We're all set to come. What are you doing? And again, it's depending on me. He wanted me to depend on him. So before we left town, um, we went and saw another apartment that was out of our budget that we couldn't afford. And I'm like, well, this really isn't going to work. And not many people wanted to rent an apartment to a missionary and an unemployed um, gentleman, right? So we were like, okay, well, we're coming. I don't know where we're going, but we're coming. <laughs> and my son wanted his own room. Riley wanted his own room. I don't know if you've been into small towns, but you can't find three-bedroom apartments, right? That's not a typical thing. We couldn't even find an apartment at all at this point. So we drive down this road one more time that I think is where the apartments are at. And so we we've, we've drive down this road, and when I walk in, there's a someone in the leasing office, and I'm like, that's got to be him. So I go in, a little hot, and I'm like, are you so-and-so? And he's like, no. And I'm like, all right. Like, this is where we're at. We need an apartment in two weeks. And he goes, well happen to have a three-bedroom apartment available in two weeks. <laughs> Guys, you can't, I, you can't, I just, God is so good. He answered my prayers. We were able to move, and he answered my son's prayers because he got, was able to get his own room. Um, and I can give you story after story after story of God's faithfulness just showing up again and again and again. Um, one of them is, I didn't know much about Wisconsin, okay? This is my knowledge of Wisconsin before I moved here. This is where cheese comes from and Green Bay Packers are, okay? Like, that's, that's all I knew. <laughs> and uh, we lived um, near the water in Michigan, and I was like, I love being near the water. I love listening to the water. I feel like I can get close to God when I'm sitting by water. I don't know. That's just a me thing. And I was really worried that there was going to be no water <laughs> in Wisconsin. And so we drive to the town, and there's 21 lakes. And I'm like, man, he cares about even the little tiny silly things that we worry about, the big things and the little things. And our God is faithful. Now, I say, I say that, but you, it doesn't come without obstacle, okay? There's obstacle. There's struggle. We've had that, those difficulties as well. But God has been faithful over and over again. And so we packed up um, everything, moved the nine hours from uh, the Detroit area to Wisconsin and partnered with Special Touch Ministry, and I'm so glad that we did. If you want to go um, to the next slide. So the next question that people usually ask me is, well, how did you get started serving people who are blind? And so um, one of my first jobs was working in a public school as a paraprofessional one-on-one, and I was partnered with a student who was blind. Now, blindness doesn't mean you can't see anything. In fact, about 90% of people who are blind have some sort of vision left. It could mean that you only see through a tunnel in the middle. could be that you only see on, um, in the peripherals. could be that you have blotches in your vision or that it's blurry even with contacts and glasses on. Or maybe it's cloudy and, and you, there's lots of different ways that you can see. And one of the things that 
someone who is visually impaired or blind has access to is a tool called Braille. And so this student rolls on the back of the cereal box. That was me. I loved doing that code. Back before I even had any idea of what God was doing, he was preparing me. And then my mom found a uh, paper that I wrote in eighth grade about Helen Keller that I didn't remember and gave it to me about a year ago. And I was like, look at that. And it was about how she was impacting my life. And I'm like, man, okay, there's another seed of God saying this is the direction you're going to go. And that continued until I was in this position at the school. Um, and so the student that I was with read Braille, and all he wanted to be able to do was read a book with his five-year-old brother. He asked if we could help him find a book. He was 11, sixth grade, right? Um, and he goes, I just want to be able to teach him how to read and share that experience. So we looked at the public library, the school library, checked in with his resource teacher, and we couldn't find a book anywhere. Um, and so that picture on the screen is a print and Braille book with a cat picture that can, it's tactile, it can be touched, um, that I made. I will never forget the look on that young man's face when he had access to read with his brother. I can pick a book up off the shelf and read it to my kids, and he could, didn't have access to that. He was so excited to be able to read with his brother. It was awesome. Um, and accessibility and access to information is still a problem today. The other picture up there is a social media post that um, talks about someone's sister for the first time at 18 years of age uh, receiving a Braille menu in a restaurant to order her own food. So it's still an issue today. And so the people that I serve are different because they read Braille. They read with audio. Um, they struggle with their eyesight. But we are all different, but we're all created in God's image. Um, and so we're going to open to 1 Samuel and hear about a person in the Bible that I think is a little bit different. So if you want to open your Bibles to 1 Samuel 17. Now, yes, it's the story of David and Goliath for those of you who are familiar. Okay? This is not a kid's story. Many times in our society, that's where it goes. But I haven't read a kid's story recently where someone gets their head cut off. If you don't know that, you can read it in 1 Samuel 17. And this is in the Bible. It's infallible without error, the word of God. So let's read it together. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung uh, between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and his shield-bearer went before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants." But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. So this kind of sets the stage. You've got an, an army on one side and an army on the other side, and this guy's coming out. He's huge, right? 
with all this armor on and all these weapons, and he's intimidating this other army to the point that they're greatly afraid. And then you go to the next verse, and it says, Now, David. It's like a but God moment. What's going to come next? So we're going to go through this and just jump around a little bit. Um, but again, if you don't, so David's father didn't even think of him. He left him out of the Israelite army. He was a shepherd. He wasn't even supposed to be there with the army. And he used different tools. So as we go through this, okay, so David, um, and there's first references on there for where you can find out that information about David. So David's dad said, I want you to take some food. And guys, he must have been from Wisconsin because he sends him with cheese, okay, to go feed the army. Um, to go feed his brothers, make sure that they have food, see what's going on, check on your brothers, right? So David obeys his father and takes the food to the Israelite army. And while he's there, he hears what Goliath is saying. Now I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, okay? But read it in your Bible in 1 Samuel 17. <laughs> um, and so he goes, he goes there and he hears what Goliath is saying. And in verse 30, uh, 30 26, he says, David said to the men who stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, they're all afraid. All the, it, the soldiers are afraid. And they're hearing this man say, why aren't we doing anything? We have God on our side. And then you have his brother, Eliab, who's like, dude, be quiet. Right? Because he's afraid. The whole group is afraid, and he's like, why are you talking like that, right? Um, again, you can read it in your Bible. It doesn't say dude in the Bible. First um, Samuel 17. Um, and so David continues to say, well, I don't understand why no one is doing anything. We have God on our side. And so he goes to Saul, and he says to Saul in verse 32, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail. Because of him, your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Now, can you imagine this? This is a kid who's not part of your army who comes up to you and says, yeah, I'm going to go fight this guy, right? And so Saul's like, you're a kid. You're untrained. I, can, I don't know how I, how, you can, how I can send you out there. And David goes back to the faithfulness of the Lord and says, the, uh, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He tells Saul about the faithfulness of God and how he's helped him through these battles before. See, David had faith, and not only enough faith for himself, but enough faith to convince the other people that he had, could do this. And so D Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. And Saul gives him armor and puts armor on him, and David's like, this ain't going to work. It doesn't work. I've not tested it. I'm not used to this. This is not how I'm going to fight. So he takes the armor off and he grabs his, uh, his walking stick and slings in a st uh, sling and some stones. And he goes out to fight Goliath. And Goliath says, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed, David's by his, cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. All the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, 
and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. And sure enough, at the end of the story, we see that David prevails. David put his hand in a bag, took out a stone, and slung it, and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank in, and he fell on his face to the ground. And yes, spoiler alert, he cuts off his head. If you don't know that, you can read it in your Bibles in 1 Samuel 17. <laughs> um, so David prevailed. And so David is a character that I think is a little bit different. Okay, it's a, it, we, We've already talked about it. He's young. He's youth. He's untrained. He wasn't thought of. His own dad said, it's not going to be that one, and left him in the field. Okay, so let me tell you, you are not too young to work through. He can work that he was going to be able to do this. And many times that's how society looks at our friends with disabilities, that they can't do it, that they're too weak, that they're not going to be able to. But you know what God says about our friends with disabilities? He says that they are indispensable to his kingdom. You are indispensable to God's kingdom. And that's in 1 Corinthians 12, 22, if you want to go to that next slide. See, and David used a different tool. David didn't use the armor and the sword. He used his faith and a totally different tool of slings and stones. And so the tools that I use are braille and audio. What are the tools that God has equipped you with for you to be able to go and share the gospel message? Maybe it's waving in a window. Maybe it's riding a motorcycle. Maybe it's a hunting club. Maybe you play cards. Maybe you knit or crochet. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're an artist and you draw something. But God has a plan. What tools can you use to share the gospel message? And all that is is telling people what Jesus is doing through your life. So as a missionary, I'm going to go back to the story that God first showed me with that book and the need for accessibility. And so this is a um, book in print. This is how large it is. And this is that same book in large print in Braille. So it's, we I, um, adapted it. The book is written by Youth Alive Missionaries. And we put it in large print and braille side by side so that anyone is able to read the gospel message and, and strengthen their own faith, but also are equipped to share the gospel message with their friends and families and, th and the people that they know. Now, this is large, and it's a lot to carry around with you. So we also created this. And um, I want to say thank you for giving to BGMC, because that's what this is a, um, they bought us the 3D printer um, as a grant to be able to produce these tactile keychains. So it's the same symbols that go through the book, and God is love. Our sin divides us from God. Jesus died for our sin and rose again. We have to choose to believe in him, and the Holy Spirit will help us. And so that's the same message that's through this book, and they can carry it on a book bag or on a, key or on a purse. Um, and, and even for someone that doesn't read print, they have an ability to share the gospel message. And so our goal for that is to see that in schools for the blind all over the U.S. Schools for the blind are a public school, much like our public school system that is here. Um, some students commute, but many students will live at the school Monday through Friday. 
and go home on the weekends. If mom and dad do not know Christ and do not take them to church, how are they going to hear the gospel message of Jesus? And so I would ask that you just pray for us on that, that we would be able to, to see that happen. Um, in the meantime, it's being used for, with 100 people all around the U.S. We've had a prison chaplain who reached out who had that same problem. He goes, um, I can read print and my inmate reads Braille. So if I get something in Braille, I have no idea what it says. If I get something in print, he can't read it. And so we were able to send them um, one of these Alive in Five so that they could read the gospel message together. Um, we also, my husband and I, serve with our, our local youth at our home church. Um, on Wednesdays, we are blessed that we are home to be able to do that. And uh, so we went to a youth retreat with them uh, this last year. And we met a young man whose whole youth group had been equipped with this track, but he read Braille. And so we were able to give him this track, and he was super excited to go home and share with his family. Um, and there's story after story of God using this. Now, I created this, um, and nobody at this point has. Somebody, it's going to stick in their mind. And when you go home and you put on your own shoes tomorrow, maybe you'll pray for missionaries. Or maybe you'll remember something that the Holy Spirit speaks to you today. See, God can even use my silly shoes. Don't doubt that he cannot use you. He has such a good plan for you. And so God is faithful to his word. And in Ephesians 3.20, it says that God can do more than we think or ask. And that's what he did. So I'm going to read um, a little portion of the Alive in Five here. And then we're going to watch a really short video. 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. If you want to put that video up. First John 4, 7, 2. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. So that is a woman in Sierra Leone, Africa, reading the gospel message in Braille for the first time. More than I could ever think or imagine. Sierra Leone um, is, a, is a British colony, right? And so they read English. And so Adama, um, had, it was from a different organization that wants to reach people with disabilities around the world. And she reads Braille. And they had asked, they said, do you have anything that we can take to Africa to allow them access to the gospel message? Because to that point, the only book she had was the, was, um, the Gospel of John. And it, she had one copy. And so we were able to send a handful of books with them. And they were hand-delivered to these women in Africa that you can see in the pictures there are reading to other women, reading to sighted women, reading to their children. God is changing generations from a book that I wrote for here. He's good. Also on the screen is um, a picture of Australia. 
and that is because we had a woman reach out who is deafblind. She has both a hearing and a vision impairment. Um, and she said, I'm, I want to share the gospel message, but I don't have any tools, and it's hard for me to communicate. And so we were able to send a couple of the tracks to her as well. If you want to go to the next slide. Um, so we're partnered with Special Touch Ministry, and they serve people with disabilities by helping them be included in the church, have relationships with caring believers, um, and have opportunities to experience God. Um, and so one of the things that we have partnered with them in is, um, is putting Radiant Life Sunday School curriculum into an audio format. So that's what that green cartridge is. It's an audio um, digital talking book that goes into a player. Um, and I knew how to read Braille and how to write Braille when I became a missionary, but I had no idea how to do anything with audio. And so again, God's like, okay, depend on me. So I tried to do it on my own and find things and work it out, and it didn't work. And so I asked my prayer team, I was like, will you pray and fast with me? Because I just keep hitting a brick wall on getting this curriculum done. Um, and so they did. And within a few weeks after that, we were, I was able to get down all of those walls and barriers and, and get the, record, the recording done with the navigation for someone who's blind. We sent it out in the mail. And there was about a week, enough time for that to be delivered that we were shut down from COVID. So in the craziest time in my life, God, people who were blind. The thing is being a perfectionist, a school of ministry, and I hadn't read the entire book. And I was like, all right, I don't really want to go. I didn't even read the whole book, right? I had like 85, 90% of it done, but I didn't have the whole thing done. And I was like, I don't want to do this. But I was like, I made a commitment, so I'm, I need to show up, right? So I'm like, okay, all right, God, we're, I'm going. And I went to this class, and at the class, somebody was asking me about Braille. Someone else overheard and said, what do you do with Braille? And so I told her, and she goes, today is my daughter's 11th birthday. She has a visual impairment, and the only thing she asked for was a Bible that she could read on her own. And so that is day with um, one book of her Bible, uh, because the print has to be large enough that she can read it, so it takes up about two to three feet of shelf space for the entire Bible. Um, and again, that's God arranging things. <laughs> if you want to go to the next slide, uh, another way that we partner with them is creating relationships with believers. Uh, so we do an online monthly meeting on Zoom that's accessible for people with disabilities uh, to be able to fellowship. One of the things that you can do to break down a barrier in your community is providing transportation for people with disabilities to get to church. Invite them and offer them a ride. Um, that's definitely one of the things that can be a stopping point. And so one of the things that we have done is sent out large print and braille cards. Kathy is one of the people that received this, and she said, thank you with a capital TH for the encouragement and the scripture verse. My favorite part was that I didn't have to call my family to read it because she could read it herself with the Braille. Um, we also create relationships by praying. We pray with people over the phone all the time. We had a woman from North Carolina call, and she goes, my um, aunt lives in another state. She's losing her vision drastically. I don't know what to do to help her. Would you call her? So I said yes, and so I called um, Rhea, and talked with her on the phone, and she had been a caregiver for her dad, and she knew she had progressive vision loss. And her um, father had passed away, it had been about three weeks, and she goes, my vision has declined so much in the last three weeks that I can barely make out the numbers on my phone. She goes, I don't know what my next step is. I don't know 
what my purpose is. And so we talked about um, we talked about that on the phone, and I prayed with her, and I gave her some practical next steps that she could take, local resources in her area, sent her an audio Bible that she'd be able to listen to right away, and we prayed. And at the end of the call, she said, thank you so much, I have hope again. If you want to go to the next slide, um, we also partner with them to provide opportunities to experience God. And one of the main ways that Special Touch Ministry does that is the getaways. Um, which are all over the U.S. in the summer. There is one here in Wisconsin. Uh, and in 2020, we couldn't have getaways. You couldn't meet in person. Uh, so Special Touch Ministries leadership decided that they were going to do a virtual getaway with videos. So I'm like, well, how do I make that accessible? I knew how to do Braille. <laughs> I did not know how to audio describe a video. <laughs> Um, and so audio description is where a video plays, and there's another voice that says what is happening visually on the screen. Um, and so that picture is a unflattering photo of me at 1 a.m. audio <laughs> describing videos so that everyone would be able to receive them at the same time. Um, and so the video that went out was a pastor who was sharing his testimony, and he used a lot of pictures. <laughs> and so we emailed those out. One of the women that received that, her name is Marta. She lives here in the U.S. She's in her 60s. She's been blind since she was a child, came from a rough home life. No one in her family knew Christ, and she had never been to church. She received the video, and through the Holy Spirit, she has accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. But it doesn't stop there, guys. She's doing what we are all called to do in Matthew, which is to go and make disciples. And so she's taking this book, and she's sharing the gospel message with her neighbors, with Mary and Judy, and decided to be a follower. Because one of the things that she said, so we Googled her address and, and called churches in the area and needed to find a church that would provide transportation for her. And um, thankfully, we, we did find one, and we're able to match and connect them up. And she talked to the pastor, and then she calls me, and she goes, Natamra. He, she plays piano, and she teaches piano. And she goes, he said I could be part of a worship team. What's a worship team? She'd never been to church. So we talked through, like, all of the things of what she, what, what, what she might experience um, and what words might be used and all of those types of things. Um, and, and so she's been able to be plugged into a church. And we talk um, probably now about once a month. And uh, in one of our last conversations, she goes, I'm a totally different person than I was before I knew Jesus. I never thought I'd be healed from my past. I'm healed from my past. I have friends. I have a family. I have the body of Christ that cares about me. And I can't wait to get baptized this year. Our God is faithful. Um, one of the other things that we did this year to open opportunities to experience God was we sent out Operation Christmas Child Boxes. So... Somebody in our church came up to the woman that was doing this in our church came up to me and she was like, are there kids who are blind in other countries? Um, and I said, yes. And she goes, could we make boxes for them? Um, yes. And I just was like, why didn't I think of this, right? <laughs> um, and so we, made, we put together boxes for children with visual impairments in other countries. And then we shared what we were doing and we know at least of two other people who were also going to create boxes for um, children with visual impairments to receive the gospel message through a gift this Christmas. Um, but God doesn't stop there. He gives us big dreams. If you want to go to the next slide, one of those, I don't know a lot about art. 
okay? Um, but one of those dreams that we have that to continue in ministry is to create a tactile art exhibit. So you'll see the Mona Lisa, and then you see the Mona Lisa where it can be felt. And um, so this art exhibit would have classical art, would have art by artists who are blind and artists with disabilities, and then it would have art that depicts the gospel message. So if you've been blind since you were a child, it's hard to understand how big the universe is, all the stars, everything that God has created. But if you can feel a replica of the universe, the size of the universe, the size of the earth, and know that the God that created that created you, he knows the hairs on your head. He knit you together in your mother's womb, and he loves you. And then you continue through the art exhibit, and you feel the cross. Maybe a word that you've heard, but you never knew what it was. And then you feel the nails, and you know what Jesus did to give you new life because he loves you. He paid for your sin to give you freedom from sin. He wants you to know him. And for the first time, that may be the first time that they feel what the nails was and understand what Jesus did because before that, the only nail they ever held in their hand was the one that they used to hang up a picture frame. And then taking that art museum in something mobile, I don't know what it's going to be, and going to schools for the blind, going to special touch getaways, going to group homes, going to churches so that you can walk through it and see and feel one way that the gospel message is able to be shared. And I don't know where you're at today, but we've shared a lot, a lot of how God is faithful, a lot about what God says about you and who you are in Christ. And if you have not experienced that freedom in Jesus, then I urge you today to not leave without knowing who he is and what he says about you. You are indispensable to his kingdom. If you go to the next slide, in the U.S., there are over 7.5 million people with visual impairments and blindness. There are over 110,000 people in Wisconsin alone. And I don't have a statistic. I have a quote. Christ. Let's go back to a couple of our questions. What is Jesus more important than in your life? What is your next step today? Is your next step stepping out in faith because God has provided you financially to come alongside of us? Is your next step praying, stepping out in faith and praying for missionaries? Maybe when you put your shoes on tomorrow morning, that's what you'll do. Is your next step accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Maybe your next step is figuring out what the tool is that God has given you to share the gospel message. I don't know what it is, but I know that the Holy Spirit is working in this room today. Or maybe right now he's laying on your heart a people group for you to go, for you to share the gospel message to. Could be here, could be far away, I don't know. So what I need is monthly support. And I know you're all like, oh, we're talking about money. Unfortunately, we need money because money is a tool that we can use to share the gospel message. Um, we are 50% to our budget to be fully funded, and that it's a monthly budget. And so we are asking if the Holy Spirit is laying it on your heart to come alongside of us in a monthly manner um, and support us with any amount that you would um, meet with us after, and we can tell you how to do that. And when you partner with us in that, you're not just partnering for 
who we're reaching, but you're partnering with Marta and the people that she's reaching. You're partnering with that blind um, inmate and the prison chaplain and the people that they are reaching. You're partnering with that eighth grader who now has a way to share the gospel message and with that 11-year-old who can read the Bible for herself and all of the people that she will share with. And if that's not you today, that's okay. Then I ask that you would listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you today. Are you called to pray? Are you called to go? Are you called to share? Or today, are you called to accept Jesus? So I'm going to leave you with that. I thank you for letting me to um, connect and share with you today about the gospel message. And we're going to have an opportunity that if that's you, if that's, if, if the Holy Spirit is nudging you, if it's your turn to declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do it today, I urge you. You're indispensable to his kingdom and not from what you do, but because of who you are in Christ. Thank you. Well, we're going to do a couple of things, and we're going to take them in the order that's probably the most important. Uh, most important today is that you don't leave this place without knowing Jesus. That's the most important thing. And so I just want to tell you really quickly, and the Tamara's already kind of spelt this out, but our Savior Jesus came and he is the way of salvation. That's what Christmas is all about, is that Jesus came. We have a God who is not far off, but he loves to roll up his sleeves and get in the mess with us. And Jesus came and he lived among us. But there was this problem, there was a separation between us and God, it's called sin, and not every one of us is a sinner. We mess up, we're not perfect. Um, I'm sinning on a daily basis. I don't want to, but I, I, I don't hit the mark every single day. So I need a Savior in my life. And Jesus came and he was that Savior. He came, he lived, he died. So his blood was was shed so that our sin could be washed away. But then Jesus goes, look, we're going to do one better than that. I, he rose from the dead, and he conquered death in the grave. And that same power that was available then to raise him from the grave is available in your life today. It's of people's lives who are forever. So with, let's not have any distractions in the room. If you're here this morning and you need a Savior in your life, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to draw you up front. We're not going to call attention to you this morning. But if you're here this morning and you know that you need a Savior in your life, would you just raise your hand? I'm the only person looking around. If you're here this morning, thank you for those hands. Man, awesome. We're going to pray this morning. And as I pray, if you'll pray this with me, this is the first step in following Christ. Lord, I am a sinner this morning in need of a Savior. Lord, I'm a mess. My life has got all sorts of issues. I've tried to do it myself. I can't do it myself. I need a Savior in my life. So Jesus, I'm taking a leap of faith and I'm confessing that I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, and that you rose again. Lord, would you take my life, and would you do something with it? 
Would you redeem me? Would you call me into the life of being a follower of Jesus? And would you begin to change and transform me? Would you heal my past? Would you heal my wounds? Would you give me purpose for tomorrow? Would you help me to figure out who I am? I trust you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to know that you are now a follower of Jesus. It's the first step. We can't, a church can't fix people. Jesus can. We're just an avenue to do life together and to share the gospel with one another and befriend one another. And we'd love for you to be a part of our church. If you this morning made that decision online, send us a message, let us know, because we'd love to reach out to you and help you connect. Well, we've got a couple other things that we want to do this morning. Uh, first off, Tamara, I understand why our children's pastor is friends with you, because you guys are cut from the same cloth, let me tell you. Um, Super excited. What a great job. Uh, you know, when you're starting off in missions, you know, sometimes they're going to tell you, I can tell you, fantastic job. Awesome. Uh, I love your mission. And like you were saying, you know, it takes, it takes leaps of faith. God's been doing some new things in our church. Um, he's taken us on an incredible journey. I'm not sure where it all ends up, but I'm excited to be on the ride with these amazing group of people. And you shared this morning about, you know, taking those leap of faith, and when God asks you to do something, he comes through. And so I just want to let you know my wife and I are going to up our missions giving to the church, and we're going to bring you on for monthly support. And I believe there are others here, and here's how we're going to do it. If you give um, to regular to the missions through the church, that's awesome. If you want to up that giving, if you have a special amount, like I want to give this special amount, Porn and Tamra, just let us know that, uh, and we will add that to the base value of whatever we've decided above does that make sense? Am I making clear? I'm still a little messed up in the head from being sick, so if I'm not being clear, that's great. We'll call up somebody next week to make sense of all this. Uh, but if you'd like to give above and beyond that, just let us know in your, in your monthly support um, for missions, and we will make sure to give above and beyond that. But we're going to pick you guys up. Uh, we also want to bless you today, so if you'd like to give above and beyond today, just as a blessing for her being here, you can absolutely do that. We'll give in just a few moments, give you an opportunity to give in just a few moments. Robin, if you want to come we're going to do one more worship song together because I always believe it's important to, to leave worshiping the Lord. Uh, and we're going to do one last thing. We're going to pray for Natamra this morning. So Natamra, I'm going to ask if you'd come down here. My wife is going to come up. And if we've got a couple board members that are available as well, uh, if, if they want to come. There's your husband. I was going to call Ed up, but I lost him. And so I'm like, you never want to be like, like, you know, when you're a special guest and like all of a sudden nature calls and you're in the bathroom, the pastor's calling you up to the front when... I did not meet in your kids, things in your ministry. It's going to move in great ways. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, for Natamara and Ed, their two kids. Lord, what a special missionary couple they are. And Lord, it's not about what they do, it's about who they are. Lord, you've been raising them up for a long time to step into this role that they're now in. And Lord, it takes a special type of creativity Lord, to step into this, this, these type of projects. Lord, you love this couple. You love these kids. And Lord, I believe that you have blessed them with incredible creativity. Lord, to share the gospel in ways that we've never even thought about. And to see lives being touched and transformed. 
Lord, we want that type of creativity in our own lives, in this community. And Lord, we pray a blessing over them. We pray a blessing over their marriage, that God, you would keep them strong and, and faithful to each other and faithful to you. Lord, I thank you that while Natamara has been following this call, Lord, you called her husband as well. And Lord, for him to have the faith to go, it's going to happen, God's going to come through. Lord, thank you for giving Natamara an awesome husband who believes in the mission and the calling of his wife and their family. Lord, I pray for his business, Lord, that you would bless it in incredible ways. Lord, Ed was sharing this morning that he's got so many young people that work for him. Lord, I believe that he's raising up some awesome men. Men that would know how to treat their wives the way that godly men are supposed to. And I pray for amazing opportunities for him to speak into their lives. And Lord, bless their business. Lord, in incredible ways. But everybody that comes in for their tires or oil to be changed, that you would bless them in incredible ways. And Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you would continue to use them in mighty, mighty ways to connect people with churches. And Lord, churches to be open to changing what they're doing so that more people can be involved in the kingdom. Lord, we pray for this young lady that served them at their hotel last night, looking for a church home. Lord, help us to be a connection for this, this young lady, a resource to build a relationship, to do life with her. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen, amen. We're going to sing one last song together. So if you want to stand to your feet, you want to worship God, then uh, Robin's going to dismiss us. He'll pray really quickly over our offering. You can give in the black box in the foyer. Uh, Ed and Tamara will be in the foyer at their table, so please stop by and talk with them, connect with them, because uh, they'd love to get to know you. Uh, we want to remind parents, you, you have to pick up your kids. You can't leave them here, all right? Uh, we love them, but you need to take them home with you. Uh, and Miss Jackie would love to talk with you really quickly. If you're a parent or a guardian today and you're picking up one of our kids from Kids Church, if you could go down there first, make that connection, and then come back up here. Uh, and, and meet uh, Ed and Tamara, that would be great because I'm sure they want to meet your kids too. Um, church, we love you and God has great things for us. Let's worship one last time and then Robin, if you'd dismiss us. The Lord bless you.
sing amen. thank you for your favor and your blessing in our life. Lord, thank you that we don't have to do life alone. Thank you for our church and for our church family. Lord, thank you for our own individual families. Lord, I pray that as we go our separate ways, that you would remind us the importance of giving to you for those that can give in the offering. Lord, I pray a blessing over them. Thank you for the opportunity to give of our tithes and offerings to you. And then, Lord, remind us this week that you have called us to worship you. You've got a plan for each one of us. Lord, may we fulfill that plan as we live our lives for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.